everyone. Thank you for tuning into the show today. I uh, wanted to come to you quick with a little disclaimer slash apology before we go. Uh, the audio quality in this episode isn't the greatest, and that's my fault. I forgot to isolate both audio streams so we couldn't eliminate as much background noise and fuzziness as we'd hoped. Um, I think we'll still get that improved on future episodes, so please stick with us. Uh, that all be- being said, please hang with this episode. I think it's a really great conversation, so hopefully you enjoy it in spite of my mistake. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Stuff Jesus Said podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Corey. Uh, we are. We thank you for tuning in to the last couple episodes. It's been really fun to hear from some of you and and just get your thoughts on, on the conversation and continue that, that forward. Um, before we get dive, we dive into our topic for tonight, I want to kind of recap the last episode and kind of some thoughts um, that have bubbled up over you know, the last couple of weeks. Do you want to start with anything, Corey? Yeah, I think, you know, just some of the response that I've heard from, you know, over the 1,000 listeners we had on the first, just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to tell you how many people, more or less than a thousand, but anyway, from the people who were listening, I think they just really enjoyed, um, the natural conversation we had, but then the heart that just, we wrestled together on what Jesus's statement went or was, and it was love your enemies. And, um, I had a couple of people reach out and just really talk about how they had that same struggle in their life and they they were kind of holding a grudge and angry with a couple of people and they said this was just the right thing at the right time so I thought that was a pretty good feedback that I, I just heard really recently yeah um, what about you yeah I mean it was it was really great for me um, it's one thing to like read the passage in the Bible yourself and it's another to talk about it with someone because mm. it like burns in your memory for longer so for me I know at the end of last, our last conversation, I think I wrote down some notes that were like, pray for the people who made you mad, slow down your thinking, that sort of stuff. And I remember like getting irritated with someone or a situation or something like that. And then at the end of the night being like, oh yeah, I should pray for that person. Man. And I love you. I mean, it, it was, it just stuck with me more. So selfishly, I'm really excited to move forward with this because I can already tell that these conversations stick with me more than just sitting down and reading the Bible Bible. So I would encourage anyone listening, you know, if you're reading the Bible on your own, that's great. Um, but bring other people in the conversation and, and talk it out in, in real life. And, uh, it's amazing how that stuff sticks even more. Yes, I, I agree. I think the impressive part about this for me, I mean, our, our, heart behind the podcast is for us to dig more into the Bible, to apply more of the Bible, to mm-hmm. really get immersed in the Bible better than we had been. And that intent in this podcast setting is incredible. And so I too look forward to all of the, um, you know, the, the lessons that we take away and the life applicability that we can give to this and, and then hear the stories from other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if you know someone who, uh, who would, like to hear this we'd love to have you share it with them um let them know what's going on and tell all and, your friends and i mean shout out from the mountaintops yeah <laughs> tell us what you think tell us what the truth what, what uh we can change um what you'd like to hear that sort of stuff um so with that whoa whoa i know all the people are curious what you're drinking tonight okay 
Yeah, you. Uh, all right, I'll go first. Um, I'm drinking Yogi Stress Relief Hot Tea. No way. Yeah. That is my wife's favorite tea. Is it really? No joke. We had to search for it forever in the grocery store. Really? Yeah. I just found it in our cupboard. I, I've been drinking it for a while because it just... It does what it says. It just, it's stress relieving. It's just like relaxing. That's awesome. And, you know, it's been really, really, it's not super cold by the last few weeks um, in comparison to the last few vortex. weeks. But I've just been like super cold lately. And so some hot tea sounded really good. Yeah. Tonight. But what people need to know is Eric is number one drinking from a master's, like the golf a master's mug the, yeah the golf event the master's mug which fits him well as a yeah. golf guru and also he not only he didn't take one pack of stress mm. relief tea he put three packs yeah. of the tea in his cup people like this guy is either really stressed and last week's episode is more yeah. pertinent to him than ever that he's you know not hot tempered and going over the edge yeah, or yeah. this guy likes to chill out I hardcore just like legally yeah i just like the flavor like I don't want tea that's kind of mostly hot water. Mm. I like okay. tasting it. So, anyway. I, uh, I'm on a, a health kick with um, my wife, and so I'm staying true to our health, healthiness, and uh, I'm also training for a half marathon. Um, so I'm trying to keep the body primed, and so I have this wonderful sparkling ice, and it's more of, it's like a um, flavored water, essentially, and you know zero sugar no carbs really nothing but Stay i away from that sugar yeah but no joke like i probably i my goal is to drink half my body weight in ounces of water every day that's what yeah that's what you're supposed yeah. to do yeah it's, it's so hard it's so hard but what i actually get sick of is how tasteless i feel after drinking that much water yeah and so this is my um kickback for that my flavor so this is kiwi strawberry tonight Ooh, and it supports good breast cancer i'm all in let's awesome. let's just hear it pop open oh Ooh, that's fresh i hope that comes across on the i do on too. The audio was epic <laughs> all right we're gonna uh, jump into the passage for tonight which is matthew 5 13 uh we should have teased that out last episode i believe we did we did um and i'm gonna read it here i'm gonna read it from the niv um i'll tell you a little something i have on that in a minute here but uh, Matthew 5:13, Jesus says, "You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot." Now, one real quick thing, not on that, but on the NIV thing. So I like I like to read the NIV because one of my Same professors at um, in seminary is on the translation committee. Yes, and she is the only woman on the translation committee. And she was telling us this really interesting story that I always find fascinating. And it's really uh, neat to think about how these people are wrestling with the text. There's, in the old NIV, they used to say, refer to the thong of Jesus' sandals. Mm. And, like, these old guys, right, are reading this and saying, like, no, that's what the original text said. Mm -hmm. It said the thong of his sandals. And she was the one who was so adamant and, like, fought with them about like that's not what that word means anymore right and like wake up and so she was the one who like who changed that she's actually a specifically a matthew scholar so like reading matthew in the niv was basically a lot of her influence and so that's that's always been kind of fun to think about that 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 i 
had a lot of influence from her um, but also how words don't necessarily or how they translate you know right. like it may have literally said the thong of his sandals but that's not what it means today mm-hmm. and it changes words change over time and, yes. and that that's always kind of interesting to me but yeah that was just a little tangent that's good on, on I, why I was I reading up that. I was reading up on my Greek in this uh this this translation too and over the word salt and its implications and i, mm. I found a lot of really neat things too mm. um and kind of the the way they talked about used salt at that time so we might get yeah. into that later too yeah i think that's something we're gonna definitely have to hit because that's what i was i was checking out too but um do you want to hit on a couple areas where this is also mentioned as well. Yes, I'd, I'd love to. So I want to just first remind us we're last, last week we were in the book of Matthew as well. Last episode. Jeesh. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't even last week that we did it no, either. No, so sorry people. Yeah. So last episode got to be my podcast language. Yeah. Uh, we were in Matthew chapter five, same place. Yeah. And, um, which we won't hang out in Matthew five every episode. No, we won't. It just it just so happened that this <laughs> yeah. is this is kind of what was on our roster. But anyway, so we have that same context. If you go back to episode one and you you listen to the first twenty minutes, you'll hear that context come into play. Jesus is given the beatitudes. He's on kind of a side of a of a hill, and he has tons of people gathering around him in the context of Matthew. And yet the disciples are near and he's really teaching to disciples and everyone else that is there. Um, he goes through these beatitudes. He talks about persecution and then out of there, that context, he throws in this idea of salt losing its saltiness. And it's mm-hmm. just, to me, I just go, wow, like yeah. Jesus, you're just slinging it. What does this even mean? Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of people read that and go, what? Yeah, and and sometimes when when I read the sayings of Jesus or hear them, they've become some of them have become so normal in like Christian language that I just like brush over them. And yes. So one of the reasons why I I really love doing this podcast and and want and am excited to continue doing it is because it it takes those things that we hear all the time and it's it forces us to look at it a little bit more. Yes. Um, because I've heard, you know, the salt of the earth since I was, you know, a wee toddler. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember the first time I heard that, but, um, now this forces us to like really look at it and say, well, what else is there to that? And not just brush over it and, and you know, whatever that is. So yes, for me, um, you know, we, we, I've heard it, it preached in so many different settings and that, and there's kind of a couple different elements of salt that, that are always touched on. But as I started to read about this, there's so many more layers to it and so many more possible directions that it could have gone. So yeah. that, that was that was really cool. That's good. So let me hop around in, in the Gospels here. So this same verse, an idea of the verse of salt losing its saltiness, hop, happens in, in two different Gospels. So it appears in Luke 14. Luke chapter mm-hmm. 14. And again, it's just, they come in two, this line comes in two different, three different contexts overall. Like n- none of these three books present it the same way, which blew me away when I really looked oh, into really? that. No, they don't. I didn't, because again, look into the yeah, so here, here we go. Let's, let's dive into that. Yeah. So Matthew has the Beatitudes right before it. Right. Jesus on a hill teaching, right? Yeah. And then in Luke 14, 
it's more of the story of Jesus happening here. Yeah. Um, Jesus is at a Pharisee's house at the beginning of chapter 14 and talking about religious law. When is that I can't, uh, no, no. Well, it, it could have been actually, I, I don't actually it's know if it was though. Nicodemus's house. Okay. Um, that was, I'd for sure. That was one of the Pharisees house he went to, but yeah. this one just said Pharisees house. There was no name to it. Oh, so but it's I, not connected to the Nicodemus. Story. Maybe I'm not sure if Luke drops Nicodemus's okay. name or okay. not. Yeah. I didn't get that far today or whenever I did this, but anyway, so there's a story of Jesus at a Pharisee's house and is talking about what you can and can't do for, for the sake of Jewish law and moves on to the parable of where to sit at a table. Like don't take the head seat and be told mm. to go to the, the yeah. foot of the table. Yeah. Just start at the bottom of the table and more so be elevated by be asking to move up. Okay. So there's that parable. The next parable is the parable of the great banquet yeah. where the rich guy does a big food smorgasbord for his um, fellow friends. No one shows up. So he goes and gets all the sick and needy and yeah. poor and brings them in. And and then Jesus goes into the cost of being a disciple. And he that's where it links, right? Because in Matthew, it talks about persecution. Yeah. It, it talks about, you know, the, the Beatitudes are the meek, the poor, the needy. Mm-hmm. And so then he talks about the cost of being a disciple in Luke chapter 14. He says, if you don't give up everything, you can't be my disciple. And then right after that is when he drops the salt comment. Okay. So that's the context of Luke. Interesting. Okay. Then you hop over to Mark chapter nine. Yeah. Okay. Whole different context again. First thing that happens there is the transfiguration of Jesus. So Jesus is being noted as the son of God a couple times mm-hmm. by God and, and by others. Yeah. He then heals a boy possessed with an evil spirit. He then predicts his death a second time. Um, after that, he, it, the language is that he sits down just with his 12 disciples to teach them, not a crowd okay. of people, yeah. just the 12. Um, then he gets, he gets to this point where he talks about how... Um, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Yeah. If your foot or hand does, cut it off. And he, he, he gets that. And then he says a variation of this. He goes in verse 49 of Mark 9, says, everyone will be salted with fire. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, salt is good. But if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt Wait. among yourselves and be at peace with each other. Everyone will be salted with fire? Yes. I don't know if I've ever... Recall hearing that. Look it up later. I will. What passage? What verse is that? That's verse forty-nine in Mark chapter nine. Okay, I'll look that up later. That's yeah. Ever. That's uh, that's strange. It is strange, but I looked into it because I thought, what in the world? Right. Yeah. This this is where when I originally read this as a high schooler, I was like, Jesus, you're weird. Like, what what yeah. is this stuff you're saying? Right. And here we are with the podcast about it. But yeah. um, that's kind of those two other verses that hold the same thought Matthew five. I, in my opinion, comes in a more natural way. Yeah. Yet it's still, it's elusive. Like what, what, what is Jesus really doing here? And, and I have my opinion on it and I'm, I'm excited to hear kind of what you're thinking. Well, just hearing that, I guess I, I failed to look at the other two instances of it. I was mainly looking at the Matthew five. Eric one. didn't do his homework. People. I, apparently I didn't do that part of the homework, but because there's such different, um, situations that each of them happen in it makes me think that it was probably said more than once you know like and this is something that he's 
he's kind of tried to drill home to his audience, you know. Right, like, and, it, and it's one of those lines that is definitely in each of the three those three gospels, right? So the yeah. the authors are noting it as very important and pertinent yeah. in the context of what he's saying. Yeah, that's interesting. I I yeah, I miss that. Um, so yeah, so Eric, what like what are your initial thoughts or reactions when you heard this? Like, how did you? translate it what what became your understanding of this verse again you are the salt of the earth but if salt loses its saltiness how shall it have its saltiness be restored and then lending when ending in it is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under so jesus's thong yeah yeah Yeah, the sandal. We should have the thong song. Was it? Uh, Please no. <laughs> oh, I don't even know his name, but thong, I'll edit it in. Thong. Yeah. Just, okay. That was, that's like, yeah, the highly anyway. inappropriate and yeah. off topic. Anyway, um, I'll just throw this out there. You were the one who kind of threw this passage out that we should do this one next. And my first reaction was, eh, I don't know if I want to do that one next. Like, that doesn't seem super exciting, and it was probably one that I just like brush over. Um, but I, I tend to think about the salt element in today's terms, um, in what we use salt for today. Here's something. I, 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 this, the saltiness, how can something become salty? We use salty today as like someone who's mad. They're, Ooh, they're a little, they're a little salty. A good contextual connection. You know, and, and so as, as we were going through, as I was looking through like all the uses of salt, there's like the ones that the original audience would have would have known, and there's the ones that we've kind of added on since then. Huh. And it really can't the the definition can't be something that is a definition now, but it wasn't then. You know. Right. For instance, we've had so much snow in the past couple of weeks, and I've put tons and tons of salt on my driveway. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. I was a new I was, usage for salt. I was thinking about that because I'm like dumping salt every other day on my driveway and i don't think jesus meant that the his his audience was supposed to melt snow i mean that's a kind of a funny no instance but right. that's what i'm getting at is like what i think of first is like oh salt well here's something you may not know about me but carl always makes fun of me for is my whole family loves salt like oh. we salt everything you told me the other day you salt your pizza yeah i was gonna bring that that up. is the weirdest thing people i am so sorry he's done numerous weird things now don't I, take i this. didn't i didn't know salting pizza was weird until high school and people were like why are you salting the pizza anyway <laughs> the point is like the 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 things that i assume salt is may not have been even a use or a purpose mm-hmm. or anything in the original what the original people heard it yes. and so therefore it cannot mean that otherwise otherwise we're adding you know jesus is saying something and being like you know what people in 2000 years they'll get it this is over your head though you know you're never gonna you know what i mean right the original yeah. audience had to know what it meant yes and yeah. so like my first thought of salt was the taste hmm. and i've heard sermons which i i think are not wrong but say like well salt is like brings flavor to a piece of food, you sure. know? And, and so that's my first reaction and to initial it. reaction to it is like Christians or, you know, people who follow Jesus, they bring flavor to huh. the earth. Yeah. Um, yeah. To the people that we live with, it brings 
um, goodness, right? Maybe it's the almost the act of bringing about your faith, um, evangelizing, being a good steward, you know, practicing your gifts, like that type of flavor almost. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I had never thought of it that way. So really, no, really. I, hmm. That's so that's for me. I like, I'm, so what's your initial, what was your, yeah. Uh, well, first, I just want to take a side tangent, just really hot second one here is, uh, you referenced how, you know, today we use the word salty, mm -hmm. um, to kind of describe someone who That's is from urban dictionary. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> maybe it's there. <laughs> you know, what is on urban dictionary though, which I was going to connect with our earlier statement. Cause yeah. I think I said something about you sipping the tea Yeah. and for all of our older listeners out there who don't know what this reference means, I'm now telling you so that if you hear it from a young gun... I don't know what that means. Exactly. You're super old. <laughs> I only know because I am so with it and down you know, and hip with the crowd, mm -hmm. but more so because I'm a middle school teacher. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, sipping the tea, or just tea in general today, now means drama or gossip. And so oh, no if way. you're sipping the tea, you're creating the the gossip and the drama. And so if you like hear like a lot of the high school kids today will be talking like, like I got some tea with you or all she's doing is making tea. And really? yeah, it's a crazy, uh, so it's so crazy how language is. Yeah. So I just wanted people to know that you're not stirring up drama. You're I'm literally, literally sipping tea, sipping the liquid yeah. and herbal substance tea. Mm -hmm. Anyway, my first reaction to my mind. Yeah. <laughs> when I took in this verse is I kind of said it earlier. I went, Jesus, what in the world are you trying to say? I don't understand this. It comes out of nowhere. And I think your teachings are super confusing and you should make them simpler. That was my reaction. Probably a very uppity, like, I think I know everything Christian type of answer. Yeah. And I was telling Jesus his teaching was, was, bad it's too complicated it was too complicated <laughs> jesus your other stuff the beatitudes were way more easier to understand yeah. right yeah and and so i i just really took it upon myself to go what in the world does this crazy statement mean and looked into it a lot way back in the day and kind of refreshed myself here again and it it's honestly become one of my favorite sayings that jesus Hmm. has laid down. I'm interested to hear yes. why. And here's here's why. And I I what I'm about to say in in no way am I, you know, trying to offend believers. Mm -hmm. I think it's a it, to me this statement by Jesus, it's a call out statement. He is calling out people who want to follow him, but follow him because he is an earthly king. Someone who the Jews believed would be a savior from the Roman Empire, right? So when Jesus first started his ministry, people followed him because he did miracles. He was he was fancy. He was new. No one else had done that before. Mm -hmm. They followed him because he could do miraculous things. They followed him because he was the you know Torah and prophet prophetized Messiah that was going to save them from the Roman Empire from the persecution. And Jesus is dealing with this maniac crowd following him who thinks he's going to be some earthly king and trying to teach them that he's more than that. And after he gets through the Beatitudes and he gets through this idea like of persecution, like when you follow me, expect to be persecuted. And if you are, you will be blessed for that. He then lays down this verse on saltiness. 
And he, you know, he says, if salt loses its saltiness, then what purpose does it have? Replace salt with faith. If, if, if faith, the faith that you have Mm -hmm. loses its faithfulness, its righteousness, its goodness, its flavor. Yeah. Then what good are you? What, what are you believing then? And that's how I, when I look at the translations, when I look at the Greek backing, when I look at the salt variation at this time, I am translating it that way. Jesus is calling out people and he's saying, if you want to follow me, mm-hmm. expect for it to be hard. And if you're not willing for it to be hard and for it to be a difficult lifestyle, right? You've got to lay down your selfish desires and live for godly desires. I mean, we know living the Christian life even today is full of persecution and back then was full of persecution. And he's trying to tell his disciples, the 12 who are near to him, who are about to experience a lot of persecution mm-hmm. and this wild crowd following him. If you are going to follow me, this goes back to the, the Mark nine reference of the cost of a disciple. Mm-hmm. If you're going to follow me, you better be able to live out your faith the right way. Don't like, don't try and follow me and fake it. Don't try and follow me and fizzle out after a little bit. You are either all in or this is where I might offend people. You're dead weight. Okay. I'm not sure I'm, I'm seeing, you may need to help me with that. Cause I'm not, I'm not sure I'm seeing the connection between the saltiness and like, could we, could we just substitute any word in for the salty, you know, like with the, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to see, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I'm just struggling to find it in this passage. Um, you know, that, that, that it's a it's a different kind of kingdom that it's um it's about faith and and maybe it is i'm just i'm just struggling to connect those two if you know yeah. what i mean yeah so let me go a little bit deeper if i can so i would say in in the two or three commentaries i read in this translation of salt right so salt really in in that day and time was meant for preserving one of one of the purposes. one of the purposes. Yes, we've got a whole list that we're gonna get through. So many, right? But one of them was was preserving things. Um, it was preserving them from what? Decay, decay. Mm-hmm. It was preserving it from spoiling, from decay. Yeah. And and if we take that purpose forward, right? Mm-hmm. I, I truly believe Jesus is using that analogy, that that word image at the time to show that we need to be preserved from moral decay. Okay. So if I, you take can, salt in the image that way, I get, yeah. he, he's trying to warn them, hey, be careful. If your faith I gotcha. is distracted in the world, if it loses its purpose of preserving yeah. your faith, preserving your moral character, and you lose your way to the world, because it's too hard, because you're persecuted, because um, I'm gone now and you don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. If if you're gonna lose your way, then then you have you have no purpose, right? That's I got you. that's what he's saying. It can't be. And and there's there's another tangent that a lot of scholars go on, right? And they talk about the unforgivable sin here too, yeah. right? That's that part where he says, "How shall its saltiness be restored?" Like it can't be restored. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Sure, get, I'm not sure that's an element of this. But, no, but. Right. Yep. And, I, and I don't like, I don't even, that's a hard subject for me to go down as well. But, 
you know, but he does know at the end there, it's no longer good for anything Mm -hmm. except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. If salt loses its purpose. Yeah. If you, if it can't, if salt's not going to melt snow, you're not going to, you're not going to use it. If it's not going to give taste to your food, you're not going to use it. If it's not going to preserve the meat, you're not going to use it. Right. And he's just like, then you get rid of it. If your faith isn't going to be alive, real and on fire and you're just going to say you're a Christian and not act it out. Yeah. Just get rid of it then. Yeah. So that's my, that's again, that's my like, that's my edgy response, my edgy, um, translation of this that, that I, I truly feel, um, is the purpose of Jesus at that contextual moment in time and place to say it like that. But that's me. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's, that's probably an element of it. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the preservation, like basically the freezer or the, the refrigerator of the day, right? I've heard that that made in sermons before, and, and that's definitely one of the, the purposes that, that salt had in the day. There are also a couple others that were, were kind of interesting. I'm going to go over like the list that we have right now, and then we can kind of sort our way through it. Um, so preserving flavor uh was like like i just mentioned purification was an interesting one that that uh i had missed um a disinfectant ah yeah yeah like saline solution yeah it reduces inflammation Mm. yeah um it's a it's a critical component of ceremonial offerings yes i did find that that, especially at that time right like like almost salt in fire, like sacrificial. Yeah, which which brings that, that, that salting other, of fire yeah, that you said earlier, yep. which is mm-hmm. interesting. Um, another one was it's a unit unit of exchange or it's a currency. Yes. Because it was it was it had so many uses, people actually traded and used it for money. This is the other one that I thought was really interesting. That was almost the the most uh, surprising to me was that it's a fertilizer. Did you see that? No, actually, I never did. Yeah, which... Like, straight up salt as a fertilizer? Yeah. So, it, I mean, it was mixed with other things um, to fertilize the ground. But that one was fascinating to me because... Um, I mean, in the Bible, there's so many agricultural references. Um, they lived in that type of time where that was very... Um, yeah. they, people knew those references easy. You know, you think of like the harvest is plentiful, plentiful, but the workers are few. There's, there are so many sayings in the Bible that are tied around agriculture. Um, and so salt as a fertilizer was an interesting, um, hmm. interesting shift, I guess, in my thinking, because it's about growth. And if you think about the great commission, go and make yeah. disciples, go and, grow grow more disciples right right i mean you think about the very beginning of the bible in genesis be fruitful and multiply and grow Mm -hmm. that's that's just like a biblical theme all the way through the bible um but also if you if you see the word or where where the where the passage says salt if salt loses its saltiness Mm -hmm. that greek word for loses its saltiness it means um, becoming foolish. Yeah, I did see that. Like the direct translation is becoming foolish. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I'm not, so, I'm, not I'm not debating the translation, but right. I'm just saying like it's a it seems like there's a um, a growth in wisdom and a growth a multiplication of disciples mm-hmm. and you know you're mm-hmm. you're you're called to go out in the earth and another thing when it says you're the salt of the earth there's some debate over the word earth being soil or earth you know or kind universe, of universe the cosmos i thought was that in there too yeah. I, I missed that yeah, part, that but, could have been a translation but it's like it's very much agricultural and it's saying okay you are the salt you are the thing that helps things to grow further and bring about w- the yes, wisdom of god good. basically go, which was fascinating to me because go, go back go back to what, what was the greek translation you said again the foolish so the 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 phrase loses its saltiness yeah, that one it's direct greek translation means becomes foolish okay so let's go back to kind of plugging in some different words here so if you instead of salt losing its saltiness go if your faith becomes foolish yeah then as jesus would kind of finish it's lost it's it's lost its saltiness it's lost its goodness yeah like I don't like that's me kind of plugging in a couple yeah. different ways to translate it. But, but if we're going, you know, if we're going back to that, that makes sense to me personally, right? If yeah. your faith is, is going to become foolish, mm-hmm. then it's becoming worthless. Yeah. And now I'm, now that's how I'm starting to translate that verse in my mind. And actually you started talking about, um, you know, using your gifts and, and, and having wisdom in these things, right? I actually found some commentary that linked this back to Galatians, I think chapter one or, or somewhere in Galatians, I know it's in Galatians, that basically talked about using your gifts really well. Yeah. And they said this was a direct, you know, or Galatians linked back to this saltiness verse saying, you need to be using your gifts well. That's what this mm. challenge was by yeah. Jesus. Like use what you have really well for the purpose of the kingdom, for the purpose of growth, for yeah. the purpose of, um, you know, spreading this message. And at that time was extremely pertinent. Yeah. And and I also want to be careful with the, the part of losing its saltiness and it cannot be made salty again. Mm. You know, some people do say just with that, that end part, Hey, that's an unforgivable sin. We kind of touched on that. Right. Thing. And it, I think kind of what he's doing is being hyperbolic. He's 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 going like you know, salt doesn't lose its salt. You know, I mean. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I think that's I think a great statement. You know, I I I don't want to tread into that and say like, hey, you know, once once you if you if you've if you mess you know, up if you grew up in the church or you fall away you can't come. But that's I don't that's think that's what not he's saying true at all. Not um, true at all. But anyway, that's a great point to bring out, Eric. I I think. I think I know that Jesus is is all inclusive of all people and always willing to love and forgive and forgive. That's absolutely. Yeah. That's like I mean, those are his characteristics. And mm-hmm. we're kind of on this this subject of of connecting it to other places in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I, I kept looking up different references of salt too, and I found a couple more references amongst the Bible where it comes out. Um, I did find that a lot of the salt at that time came from the Dead Sea. Mm-hmm. Going back to episode one and my travels to Israel, I've been to the Dead Sea. Yeah. And it is the craziest little thing. I, yeah. People have probably heard that, right? Where it's the composition of the water there is it's so salty. It's so full yeah. of, of that element that essentially you float. 
Yeah. Like you can't sink. You just naturally float. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing to experience. It was like the buoyancy of it. I felt like a boat. I couldn't ever go underwater huh. and I would just lay down in the dead sea and I just naturally would just kind of float, just would sit there. Yeah. And yet I, we had been hiking like crazy through Israel and I mm-hmm. had some like rash yeah. You know, down on my on my legs. <laughs> and I tell you what, I went into that water and I came out so fast because that salt oh, yeah. and that wound hurts I so bad. A, I wonder if it was a disinfectant at all. It probably did. They said, and then they harvest so much of that water in the Dead Sea yeah. and the mineral there. And they, like the huge thing that they would sell everywhere you would go that was touristy in Israel yeah. was the Dead Sea salt face masks to restore your skin. Huh. Um, and yeah, because it reduces inflammation is exactly. basically the, the, yeah. the part of it. You know, one thing that I've always found really interesting that that Pastor Jeremy uses this, at Lutheran Church of Hope yeah. in West Des Moines. Yeah, at, he he uses this reference a lot. The, one of the reasons why the Dead Sea is dead is because it has no output. It has an input, has no output, which goes sort of with the the growth element. I mean, Christianity is and following Jesus is not is not an input only uh thing that you do right there, right there's, there's an output there's an output of growth yes and so when we're thinking about the dead sea i i, I never you know i've never been to the dead sea yeah. but that's one thing jeremy said and he's he's been there i believe mm-hmm. um i don't want to speak for him but i believe he's been there that there's no outflow no, there's and not. so it's dead mm-hmm. you know it doesn't produce right. life and part of that growth is like producing life Right. Yes. I mean, that's that's what kind of what we're called to do. Yeah. Is to create more life. And you keep you keep affirming my previous translation, right? Like, if we're not gonna use what this this faith that we have, if we're not gonna use it, then it's just we have it for no reason. We're worthless with these gifts and talents. If and it's just for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's just if it's for just us. for us. Yeah. That's good. Uh, which which kind of i mean i don't did you have something you want to say no go ahead well i was going to jump right into the um oh. the purification and the disinfectant part oh. of it because that those kind of tie in together as well with yeah. the, so, the water well let me let me just throw down these couple other connections i found in the bible yeah, go for it. so uh, after that dead sea um the if you remember the kind of the evil cities sodom and gomorrah they were i was thinking about yeah, lot. right yeah. so a lot um Lots so again life. biblical history Abraham had a nephew, Lot, who he allotted some land. Lot got into the better agricultural land at the time, but it was close to the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, both who were extremely evil cities. He had a whole bunch of trouble there. Um, Abraham comes to save the day, essentially, while two angels do and get him out of there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're running away and they're told, do not look back or you will die. Turn to, yeah, yeah. And Lot's wife looks back and turns to a pillar of salt. Turns to a pillar of salt. Like, Which I was real, I saw that reference, but I was like, I don't know how to yeah. tie this so, in. So, so here's here's how I what I figured out. Right, yeah. Sodom was another. It was like a, a place of distribution for salt. It was known oh, really? for distributing salt because it was closer to the Dead Sea. They would gather a bunch to get it. Oh. And, yeah, and so like that was kind of the small connection I made is that geographically. Her turning into a pillar of salt probably just went along with the area. Yeah. Um, crazy enough. But that was one little reference. Another one I found was in Colossians 4, verse 6. Okay. And the verse says, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. 
So there's a different usage of salt there, right? More of the seasoning, the flavor, like you talked about earlier. Well, and there was a, there was a, something I read that like, uh, an old rabbinic saying was salt was wisdom. Mm. So if, if you're, you're say that again, something is seasoned with salt. Yeah. So let your conversation be always full of grace seasoned with salt seasoned with wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wisdom. That, could, that could be a part so of that it you as may well. Know how that, to answer everyone. That would yeah. make sense. Which That's is good. Which obviously that, that, that would be referencing godly wisdom as opposed to, I mean, the, as opposed to manly, yes. you know, human wisdom. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, yeah. that, that's that's a theme that is found right out of Genesis as well. Yeah, that's good. The last one I kind of found was in Second Kings 2, verse 21. And yes, said, this is the one I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Here we go. So the verse says, Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt into it, saying, This is what the Lord says. I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. Throw yeah. salt in the well. So it basically purifies it. Yeah. Which my question, and made this a dumb question, is that something that God just used salt, that salt to purify, or just was that like a common use, like people put salt in water to purify it hmm. somehow? Uh, See, that's that's what I'm not sure. I mean, obviously we don't. I don't think we do that in any to way think. today. But I mean, the reference still stands because the audience would have known that story and known that there was a purification of water in the Old Testament, whether or not they were actively using salt to purify. Sure. And I, I, I kind of doubt it because of the Dead Sea being, you know, yeah, what it is. Right. I would, I would probably think, and think of salt water in the, in the ocean. Right. Right. Like you don't want to drink that. You don't want to drink that. You got to right. purify that to drink it. Yeah. I, you know, I do think of like Epsom salts though, right? You put those in the mm-hmm. water to help restore open wounds and oh. you know achy body yeah so that you know and, and everyone's huge new i mean here in iowa you go to the grocery store high v and they're selling they have a whole new section built for bath bombs oh yeah which is just basically salt and is that and what they are pa- partially salt and partially minerals that are supposed to make the skin silky smooth yeah. and uh <laughs> so anyway that's like you know a whole nother thing so yeah that's that's an interesting reference. Huh. And I maybe it was just one of those crazy things like people be like, I wouldn't throw salt in the water to make it better, but that was that it was just that obscure. And that's what and, God used to Yeah, in that, order to get their that, attention that and time. like say, Hey, yeah. this is how this is how it's gonna work. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That that makes sense. I, I, I don't know if that really matters all that much. The point is it did happen in that story and so that makes it a reference that, that they would have known. Um so my, my question that we've kind of hit all of, we did hit all of them, didn't we? Yeah. We, you know, exchange a currency. We didn't really hit that. Oh, the ceremonial, um, component of ceremonial offerings. We didn't hit that very oh, much. I don't know. I don't know much about that. You go. Well, I mean, just in the old Testament, you know, when they, when they're bringing offerings, sacrifices to God, it, the, like the Levitical law and that sort of stuff says, uh, like season it or dress it with salt when you give your offering. And so, which is interesting because Jesus as like the lamb of God, you know, the sacrifice of God, my, my, my mind goes to 
like the salt is clinging to this sacrifice. It's, you know, it's, mm. it's almost become one with it. Sure. Um, it, 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 it goes before God as the sacrifice. Um, I know, you know, in the new Testament, we are, we are the body of Christ. We are, we are connected to him. Um, and so in that sense that, that connection is made. Yeah. I hope everyone can hear my dog uh, whining and <laughs> such a good y- yeah shaking her collar right next to Corey's <laughs> microphone. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, um, but I, th- I thought that was an interesting element of of the you know let your body be a living sacrifice to God in that you are you're you're, you're not sacrificing yourself, but yeah. you, your your body is coming before God as a living sacrifice. Um, because you're attached to Jesus. Right? I like that. I, I really enjoy all the different ways that we found that this, the usage of salts at that time that we could almost translate it. And I guess that's my big question here before we kind of move to a wrap, you know, like going downhill to the end of this conversation tonight. But well, I do want to kind of hit like, so what does that mean? What do these mean for? Right. Because yes. Well, so before we go there, okay. is what I was saying is oh, like, yeah. do we have a final stance on what this verse means? Do we have a common ground or do we both kind of have different variations of the meaning? I, I think the meaning is dynamic. I think, I don't think there's one that says like, Oh, you know, the taste one is right. And the, purification one is not right you know I don't, I don't think I think what we've what we've come to realize is that salt had so many purposes a lot of them positive um, I would say most of them positive right we're looking at them they're all kind of used yeah. for good oh, yeah um, and so they have all have elements if you can tie those into the biblical themes as well then obviously those fit in a lot of different ways. Yes. I, I, I don't think I'm, I'm going to sit here and say, well, you didn't convince me on the preservation one, Corey, so I'm not going to go in on that, but I'm going to go in on the taste. You know, I, 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 those were your arguments. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I, th- I think, I mean, I, I think what I would take away is that Christians are dynamic elements in a lot of different ways in, in the world. That, I like that. I like I like where you've landed with that. I that's that's a perspective that I don't think I would have found without talking to you, mm. which I enjoy mm. that by doing this podcast. I maybe it's, I I I still stick pretty strongly to like what I came in with. I think is this idea of salt kind of be translated as this idea of faith, and I I, I get yeah. that contextually still to mm-hmm. this idea that. Um, if you're, if you're not going to use this faith, if you're not going to follow and be all in on this religion, I I struggle with the word religion, but like this, yeah, this faith, right? This action oriented belief. If you're not going to be all in, then you're sacrificing. You are misusing this belief that you have. Like you're, you're. You're doing, you're not doing it justice. Yeah. And, and I, for me, I think, I think Jesus is using that in the varieties of salt and how they all work to like call out people in the moment saying, Hey, like we've got to maintain 
the work that's to be done and be ready for persecution and be ready to be all in. Because if you're not, right, he can, he says that other places like, no, you can't be my disciple. No, you can't follow me. You're not willing to give it all up. So again, for me, I just, I get, I get really drawn to translation like that. So one thing that just kind of hit me is all of these uses that we talked about, they're all bringing about something that wouldn't have happened on its own. And my point, my point would be like, if it's a fertilizer, then the, 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 the plant is not going to grow as well on its own. If it's a disinfectant or it's a reducing inflammation, the, the wound is not going to heal the mm. same on its own. It's, um, the flavor, the taste, the preservation, the, the food is not going to preserve quite right on its own. And there's just this bringing order to chaos. There's this bringing the world kind of back to the way it should be yeah. or, or yeah. ideally should be. Um, that just kind of hit me as I was looking at those, like those are bringing about like kind of what you're saying was like an active um, influence on the world that if left alone wouldn't happen quite as good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's good. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, that's, that's one thing I think I take away, but also the, um, I mean the, the growth element with the fertilizer and the wisdom was really strong for me. Um, the component of a ceremonial offering, like being, a living sacrifice and being connected to Jesus in, in a very unique way. Um, those two were, were more, there was more added to that. Whereas in the past, you know, the preservation of the flavor and the taste part of it had always been something that I've been taught. So that wasn't anything super new. Um, and then the purification of water was was yeah, really interesting as well. Interesting. That's kind of like the sancti- sanctification or the um, making whole or making righteous. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see how that connects with the growth in the fertilizer as well. Okay. So, um, where are we going to go? With yeah, where to next? So, what does this look like in the real world? Then? Yeah, like so, cause, how to apply it? Examples, and I, I would say that was one feedback I got from our crowd too. Is like, hey, can you kind of make a specific time in the podcast to yeah. say what do we do with that? Yeah. So here, so, it is. So here this is uh, kind of goes back to the beginning of our conversation. We were talking about some of the things that it's not. Mm. So in in that time, you know, nowadays, salt is something that raises blood pressure. I thought that was kind of an interesting illustration. At the time, they probably didn't realize that salt raised your blood huh. pressure, right? Yeah. And in my mind, blood pressure is like someone who stresses you out, who irritates you, who, you know, just drives you nuts. And s- there's just some, like, loud Christian voices. And I don't want to say, I don't want to, like, knock different people, but my example would be, like the the Christian cake bakers who wouldn't wouldn't uh, bake the cake yeah. for the gay couple, mm-hmm. and that was just like standing out in the culture and like standing up for what they believed in, which you know they they have every right to do in this country. But to me, that like that raises my blood pressure, and that just irritated people, and that just I don't think that's that's one of the examples of like that's that's divisive that's like right causing division and causing 
strife in raising people's mm-hmm. blood pressure. And I don't think that's the salty example yeah. we're looking for. But what is what is how do these things come together in real life? Yeah, well, I, that just reminds me probably for a couple things of you specifically, Eric, because that's why you're probably wearing... Because I'm wearing, wearing, raising your blood pressure? Well, no, because the two things applicable here are that you're drinking stress relief tea, number yeah. one, and number two, we had to do love your enemies last week. I think this all is more applicable. <laughs> I'm finding, I, we need to have a secret session after this and really hear your heart, apparently, right? Yeah. John, John Chris would be like, check your heart. Check your heart. <laughs> check your heart. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, that'll be in a private session yeah. look for later. Uh, a- anyway, no, I, I, I totally get that. And I, I think when I, um, when I, when I look forward on, on, through my lens over here, you know, and, and why, this verse matters how we start to apply it um you know i just again i I just keep going back to faith and i'm gonna probably can't i can't get off that boat tonight Mm -hmm. i just can't i don't know why once you see it you can't yeah i just mean it's where i'm at i'm riding it but these are some things that came to my mind right so if we're gonna believe it if we're gonna believe in jesus then we need to live it um we don't want to sacrifice the gifts we've been given and the purpose that we've been issued. We have so much work to do while we're here and we can't take that selfishly. If we're going to be Christians and we're going to have a faith, we have a purpose with that faith. It's not just for us. I think you mentioned that earlier, yeah, right? The output. Yeah. The Dead Sea. Right. That's yeah. such a good analogy. Like we're not just taking this all in at church on Sunday so we can do what we want Monday through Saturday. This is a lifestyle and we've got to live it out. Um, I don't want to, you know, I translate this as we don't want to be dead weight to an exciting mission. We don't want to be the Dead Sea, the nothing, no output to something phenomenal that God is always up to. Like, let's be a part of that story. Let's find ways to, you know, spread that salt out there and get rid of the hate snow hate and melt it away okay that was way too far of a metaphor but uh yeah and and those i mean those are some things to me on on why it matters um and then when i start to think of you know how do we apply this verse to our lives even thinking of examples from our own life that where i've seen this at work um you know personally i had a season of my life where I had grown up in the church. I knew all the Sunday school answers. I knew all my Bible verses because I went to a Christian school and I had had my mm-hmm. memory verses and my parents read me scripture and read stories every single meal. Yeah. And I mean, I could just talk the talk and was phenomenal on the outside at looking like I was a great Christian. And yet the reality of what I was doing with that faith was quite pitiful. And to me, this verse resonates because I think, I think that's why I feel like it's a calling out. Like Jesus would say this to me, Hey Corey, if Saul loses the saltiness, then what, what worth is there in the salt anymore? Almost like, Hey Corey, if your faith is all just talk and it's not, a walk if you're not actually doing anything with it then then what are you even doing saying you're a christian yeah and i i just a big season of my life was being caught in that 
kind of fake facade of, Hey, I know the answers, but I'm not living them. I'm not, I'm not actively doing anything with that. And, and when I was awakened to that through, you know, different life events, I changed everything, right? Like I got into Bible studies. I started leading a men's ministry with, with, or co-leading a men's ministry. I started, um, mission trips to, to Tanzania, Africa and, and other countries. I like, I literally said, I need to become the hands and feet of Christ because all I've been doing is feeding myself and walking my own adventure. And I, mm-hmm. I changed how I lived. And I think that's the most real life example I could give people listening is this verse to me is a call to say, y- you've got to do something with what you have. Yeah. You know, there's just another thing hit me and I wish, you know, it's interesting that in this conversation, there's been things that, you know, we kind of, we kind of plan out what we're going to, what direction we're going with this conversation. We even do research to figure out what we're going to talk about. And it feels like a couple of times things have just hit me like, whoa, that's something I didn't even research or plan for or whatnot. But it's the valuable thing. So I was reading the other day in, in some book that some guy was like, you know, there's no, there's no book in the new Testament that said that is addressed to the sinners in Galatia, the sinners in Hmm. Corinth or whatever. It's always the saints. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty significant that no matter what that, each one of us is valuable and that kind of goes to the the currency mm-hmm. like salt was currency and salt was valuable because it was dynamic and so no matter who you are you have value and that value can produce growth mm-hmm. in the people around you and and you can bring something to the table because you have something and you have value that's been bestowed upon you value that's bestowed rather than earned Mm. you know i mean and that's that's almost more valuable that that god himself says you are valuable rather than no go out there and earn your value yes and that's that's like that's a that's a pivotal point in the christian faith that no other faith has right is that you don't have to earn your way or earn your skills or talents or whatever like it starts with you're valuable and and no joke just today I gave a huge lecture in my eighth grade Bible class on identity. And Mm -hmm. I I started at this root level and I just spoke at revive who knows how long ago now about this topic too, but saying our root level is that we are a child of God. What does that mean? We are made in his image. Mm -hmm. We were, we were a constructed thought in person before time began. He knew us. Mm -hmm. And at that time he equipped us. Yeah with these these skills that we're talking about here he he equipped us with passions and gifts and talents all for what a purpose yeah a strong purpose that we yeah. wouldn't have to earn anything but that we could selflessly serve we could be the great commission we could go and do and so i just get i get so on fire for this and i think you know, you want applicable ways to carry out this little verse and from this podcast, don't just, again, don't just soak in all of the the Christian feels that you can. Don't just, you know, 
take it in on Sunday, go to a Bible study, don't don't just be actively involved. Those are phenomenal, great things, and I love it, and yes, get involved, get involved, get involved, but after you've been involved, be the hands and feet of Christ. Go and do. Mm-hmm. Become the love that is tangible in other people's lives. Don't yeah. just soak in, squeeze it out. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, you got anything else to, to add to that before we kind of move on to the I, next part? I don't think so. I feel like the people out there are like, man, yeah, we've you've co- been all over my no, case tonight. No, no. I mean, I think it's it's been really good. I mean, the I think what I'm taking away is, is the value piece um, as well as what I said earlier, but, but the value piece is something that I just, that just kind of struck me that all people have value in, in God's eyes. And that's, yeah, that matters. So, and and I, before we just move on, I would encourage people, we want this to be a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like call us out. If you knew things that we said that we didn't say, right. Like, let us know. Um, give us questions that were on your mind after this podcast. We'll address them right away. Next episode. Um, we want this to be a continuous conversation with you. So hit, hit us up. Um, you know, Eric's on Twitter at E Pate 88. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've got our, it's you know, on our, it's yeah, it should be right in there. Guys. I'm at Corey nickel direct message us, send us a tweet. Um, if, you know, if, if we get over 5,000 views or listens, we'll, we'll, you know, create a, an email or something that's easier, but seriously, get a hold of us and join the conversation. Yeah. Um, so we're going to wrap up like we did last time with a fun question. Um, just a random question Yeah. has, has nothing little to nothing to do with our conversation tonight, but it's fun to discuss and I want to hear your thoughts on this. Um, your, you are audience. Um, but Corey's got the question for us. Yeah. I'd love to hear audience responses to this. That'd be so funny. Uh, here's the question for tonight. If Peter and Paul, right? Peter being a disciple, Paul saw Paul, um, being an apostle two huge characters in the Bible, new Testament. If Peter and Paul were current day Christian celebrity pastors, who would they be? So do you have any thoughts? I, I, I do. I, um, I think, I think Peter, to, to me, Peter was a rabble rouser, right? Yeah. This is the guy who got down and dirty. He probably picked some fights, even with the own disciples and other apostles eventually, right? Where yeah. he would kind of like, I've get, got a good one for him. And okay. So the man, the one that I think of, and I can't get out of my mind for Peter is, Mark Driscoll. That's what I was going to no say. Way. Yeah. Yes. I mean, not, you know, I know not, Mark not endorsing his, no. his theology or anything, but well, like his, his attitude. The, yeah. Theology or even, you know, how some of the church operation went, but like when or I think of some, that dude was just in your face at all times. Yeah. And I just think Peter would be just like, yeah, oh, that's so good. I didn't even, we had no clue what each other was. No, 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 no. So yeah. I, I didn't, I hadn't landed on, on anything till just now. So that was going to be mine. Um, I think, I think Paul's a little bit tougher, though. Yeah, I got to think on Paul a little bit. But what do you, um, do you have? A, you have an idea for who Paul would be? Yeah. Um. I mean, part of me thinks like some sort of Tim Keller because everyone can kind of like. Hmm. I mean, everyone kind of. He's not super controversial. Maybe like uh, John Ortberg. Really? Um, I, here's who I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking either a John Piper 
Well, okay. Who, okay. Because John Piper takes some pretty strong stances, and he interprets the Bible like crazy, in my my opinion. Yeah. Or a Eugene Peterson, because Paul Those wrote, are way different people. Yeah, they are. Okay, <laughs> but here's my reason for Eugene Peterson. Paul wrote essentially what thirteen books. Yeah, and that's what I was taking the New at, Testament. And Eugene approach. Peterson literally went through the whole Bible and rewrote it into the message version. Yeah. So I kind of see them both fluently being like that. Although Eugene and John are very different people. Yeah. And I was, I was kind of taking the, the, um, highly quoted, highly, uh, a lot of books written. Yeah. Type approach. Like, like Orberg and Keller. She yep. like there too. I mean, maybe Orberg a little more, but, um, yeah, that would, that's, that's interesting. Eugene Peterson and John Piper. <laughs> Holy cow. They both have gray hair. I mean, just think, so just think if, if John Piper and Mark Driscoll were the two most influential <laughs> apostles. Like, those, those, that would be, uh, they're both kind of rammy. They are. They're both kind of salty. They are. They are. They're very salty. There you go. <laughs> bringing them back around. Yep. yep. Bringing oh, it full circle. I love it. So, yeah. Eric, without revealing our guest's name. Because you don't want to reveal the name? I don't know. Dude. Okay. I just feel like that'll keep people in the suspense. Okay. It's a good one. It's, it's a great this, one. This first guest is, um, yeah, he, he'll he be a good one to listen to. You talk about to talk. salty. Yeah. This bro is salty. Yeah. In which way? Uh, see, you'll have to come back. Bible way. You'll have to come back on the next episode to figure it out. Okay. So the, the topic we're going to do. We're getting off of Matthew 5. We're actually going like full on every gospel. Because we're going to be the phrase, do not be afraid, which I did a quick search through the Bible and um, found it's in some ways it's said six times in Matthew, twice in Mark, five times in Luke, and twice in John. So it's all over the place. This is not just like... Yeah. This is this is what it means right here and in that, this context. We're probably going to be it's going to be a all encompassing conversation of yeah. like what is it why why is he just beating us over the head with right. this do not be afraid. And I already think of now that's just how many times Jesus said it. Go to the Old Testament and how many times did yeah. God say it? Yeah. Or angels say it all the time. Yeah. This I is stuff it. Jesus I'm, said though, not stuff the I angels know. said. I know we're going to focus on Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus so, is God. Right. And God is Jesus. Right. All right, we won't right. go there. We're going into the uh, inception of... Uh, and the Holy anyway. Trinity. All right, do you have anything else to uh, wrap things up? I don't think so. No? I just, um, it was a good, another good night. Thanks for listening, friends, and get involved. Get, yeah, get hit the us conversation up. started and hit us up. You know, practice and, and dig in for next week. See where you're at. I think, I, I will add, like, I'm really... Before I, I come here and talk to you, I'm really investing to do this with my wife too, mm. to like take that next verse. We discuss it. We dig in about it. I think that would be a great couples, you know, strategy for those listening out there. Yeah. Like take the verse for next time, dig in, see what you find and then listen in and think, Hey, did we land in the same area or not? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. It's been good talking to you, Corey. You too. Hope you all listened uh, or enjoyed listening. Uh, and we will talk with you next time. See you later. Until then.